The Lord be with you. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. praise of Jesus is rooted in his relationship with his father. He sees the goodness of his father and he gives thanks and praise uh, for all that he's done. And we see what this relationship looks like as we uh, look into the life of Jesus. We see that he's, he's dependent on the father for all things. That in all actuality, Jesus shows us what it is to be meek and humble of heart. Now, we, we prayed in the opening prayer today uh, that we would be able to replicate the abasement of the sun. So it's like, no, not the basement, uh, but the abasement. That is the, the outpouring or the pouring out of oneself for somebody else. To abase yourself means you are laid low in front of somebody else. And we see in Jesus the greatest example of this laying down his life. He is made low and humble as he's born in a manger. He continues to humble himself as he seeks after the Father's will. He doesn't just go about his own business, uh, preaching and teaching the gospel, using his powers for what he desires to do, but rather he submits all things according to the will of the Father. He abases himself. He pours himself out. Then as he takes the path of the cross. He sets his face like flint towards Jerusalem and he is abased again. He's mocked. He is misunderstood. He is proclaimed as a, a Messiah, a political leader, somebody who would free them uh, from, from the, the, those sorts of temptations and difficulties, but that was not who he came to be. He came to abase himself, to pour himself out. And in that moment where it seemed as if Pride and sin had overcome Jesus on the cross. He continues to pour himself out again and again. He is abased. He's poured himself out. And so when he says in the gospel, come to me, all you who are burdened and are, or, or who labor and are heavy burdened, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. 
Jesus isn't telling us to just accept a paradox. He's not telling us to just somehow get over our difficulties, but rather to hand them over to him. Because with Jesus, our yoke becomes light. He calls us to the way of the cross. He says, if you would be my disciple, you must take up your cross and follow after me. But in the, in the same breath, he says, I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. Only Christ can promise us that there will be rest after our burdens. After he burdened, taking the cross to its place, after he, he laid down his life, after he shed every drop of blood and ounce of sweat that he had within himself to lay his life down, he still he was dependent upon the Father. And it was in his humility that he was most supremely victorious. That is, he overcame all other things, all temptations he set aside. And he took the way of the cross. And he asked us to follow after him so that our difficulties, our troubles, our burdens can become light when we unite them to the cross of Jesus. Because they don't become simply our burdens anymore. And in fact, when we look at ourselves and we, we think of our burdens, it, it, nothing can be compared to the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. But that's not simply what inspires us. We don't look at Jesus and say, wow, wasn't he really great? Look at all he accomplished. But rather, Jesus wants to live in each of us. He invites us to take his heart. He's meek and humble of heart. And to enter into his heart. And, and it's there that we find the graces that we need. The church uses this same text from the Gospel of Matthew on the feast of the sacred heart of Jesus. And when we reflect upon the heart of Jesus, it's a heart that, that is humbled for us, but that also the heart from which all of the graces that we need in the church comes. Christ's heart is pierced when he's on the cross, and blood and water pour forth, recognizing or showing us the, the graces that are won for us as Christians. And when we find ourselves overwhelmed, we can drink from that fountain. We can ask for the grace we need from the heart of Jesus, and we find rest for ourselves. That rest that is shown to us in the heart of Jesus is fulfilled, especially in the offering to the church of the Sabbath day, that ancient Jewish tradition which finds its way into Christianity and is made full in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, representing his final rest after his weariness, his labors, after he, he cries out on the cross, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Offering even the, the, the depths of his suffering and pain to be a prayer and a sacrifice. So if Jesus can unite his sufferings and his labors on the cross to his heavenly Father, we can unite our sufferings to Jesus' sufferings. And then we receive that rest. And when we practice the rest that is supposed to be on the Sabbath, we practice what it means to come into that peaceful rest, knowing what it is to have rest after labor. So it gives us a taste, if you will, of heaven. So the church isn't just, you know, um, looking down on everyone and saying, well, you know, you oughtn't be so busy. Uh, you should just you know, figure it out how to, how to leave all those things behind and you should, you should just kind of uh, be able to let go of everything. It's not how it is. 
the, the rest of the Sabbath is meant to be a, a, a taste of heaven. That, that is letting go of all of the labor, letting go of all of the other things that are going on throughout the week, and intentionally putting time aside to rest in the Lord, to rest with our family, to be renewed in our identity as beloved sons and daughters. Whatever we need to do to do that, to go for a long walk, to call somebody that we haven't talked to for a long time, to reconcile with somebody in our family, to read something from the Bible, to pick up our Bibles and you know, dust off the cover, to find some spiritual reading, to pray an extra decade of the rosary, whatever it might be that gives us Sabbath rest. We need to do those things to pursue them so that we have that taste of heaven, so that we can bring that peace into everything else that we're doing. And if we don't take our Sabbath rest, we become run ragged. And we find our identity in all of the things that we do. And suddenly, when we don't have anything more to do, we don't know who we are anymore. How many of you have had the experience of being an empty nester? It's the same thing. All of a sudden, you're doing so many things for so long, and then all of a sudden, you have so much time to yourself. And what, what does that mean? Who are you then? Where do we find our identity? We find our identity in Jesus, who is meek and humble of heart, who invites us to find our rest in Him.